Welcome to the latest edition of the Views from the Wings podcast. And Eagles, they play the Saints on Sunday, and they pretty much just whooped their, whooped their ass from the beginning of the game. And it was just like, it was one of those, you know, like complete performances that I think a lot of fans were w- waiting for. Eagles, were, they were able to run the ball down the Saints' throat. Rush Stevens in the NFL at the time. And, you know, Jalen Hurts, he was... Nick Sirianni didn't ask too much of him, but when he had to make throws, he made them. You know, the game it got a little bit close to the end, but you, you kind of felt like the Eagles, Eagles were at least going to get a drive that, you know, got ice the game, and they're able to do that when <laughs> Jalen Hurts broke the ankles of the defensive end for the Saints. So the Eagles are 5-6 and six right now on a two-game win streak, and just looking at the schedule, man, it's just like, if they just take care of business, they could make the playoffs. I don't know if they're going to do anything in the playoffs, but they might at least get into the playoffs. And, you know, because I think somebody said it, you do not want to play the Eagles like how they're playing right now. They're they're able to run the ball at, the, at will. Now the defense is improving where Jonathan Gannon, he's starting to blitz, and that's getting, albeit it's against some pretty average-ass quarterbacks, but... You just, you're they're playing whoever's on their schedule, and next week they got a big game against the Giants, and hopefully we'll see this team keep on keep on improving and improving and improving. But at the moment, I'm really happy what I'm seeing. You know, we could our our honestly our record could be totally different if we did if we're able to run the ball after the Falcons game, we'll have that uh, balanced play calling. So now it's just getting better each and every week and yeah i'm very excited for the eagles not only this season by the and the in the future they are uh yeah they're playing really well right now and um it all starts you know it starts with the offensive line and and them dominating the line of scrimmage how they how they've done and um miles sanders i thought looked looked pretty good other than that fumble um he's, yeah he's just he's just so he's got so much burst and um, that's something that I don't think many of these running backs have. I know Boston's got super fast. And he's got a nice burst, but Sanders just has a different kind of uh, feel to, to when he runs, I think. But um, yeah, um, I, I thought I thought Gannon his his scheme has been a lot different um, the last few weeks. He's still being um, really aggressive on um, third down, um, like uh, the second third down of the game for the uh, for the Saints. They sent Maddox on a corner blitz. Yeah, um, and it ended up ended up working really well, and it's something that we haven't really seen. You know, is him sending especially corner blitzes, um, and yeah. then Hurts. I thought I thought Hurts looked pretty good. Um, yeah. He said he didn't have to do a whole lot. You know, only he only threw the ball like twenty sometimes. Um, yeah, but uh, when he did make the throws, I didn't think he made any. He didn't put the ball in harm's way. He made some good throws. He had some really good placement on his throws to to Goddard. I thought, especially on those um, out routes. There's like two or three um, ten yard outs, five ten yard outs that he threw to, to Goddard. That um, the placement was, was really nice. Um, yeah. I, I just I just thought he hurts was seeing seeing the field more than than he usually does. Um, mm-hmm. He he was making smart decisions from within the pocket too, and he also he also had a ton of time to throw. There was a few plays where he had yeah. like an ungodly amount, yeah, like an ungodly amount of time to throw. So yeah. I think hurts um, he played well, but he also had like probably one of his best circumstances as far as quarterback as he's had. 
Yeah. Like, you know, he, he didn't face any pressure. He didn't, he, the running game was working. Receivers are getting separation. Devonta Smith was running wide open, man. Like the, yeah. D- Dallas Goddard, he was, he was running really well, really good routes. Um, so I, I think this team, they have an identity now as far as, you know, they're a run team. Definitely. They, I mean, they ran the ball 50 times, um, 240 yards, three touchdowns average, uh, nearly five yards per carry. And it was similar to what we saw versus the Lions, you know, and, they ran the ball nearly 50 times versus the Lions too, and, and averaged about five yards per carry. You got a few. I think they. I think they even had three, two to three rushing touchdowns. No, they had four. I, I want to say that game because I think Howard had two and and Scott had yeah, two or something yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, it, it's obviously this is obviously something that they can do against um, a lot of teams, and especially like the Saints are, are a super good run team. So. I don't know if it's just like we have their number because I mean we're we're the only team that apparently can run against them, but uh, it, it worked, you know. It, whatever well, the game plan's working. So especially looking at the rest of the season, you know, the Giants, Jets, Washington, those are teams you can run against. I mean, you're gonna be able to do the exact same thing you did against D- Denver, the Saints, and, and Detroit. You're gonna be able to do the same thing again, especially against you know the New York teams because they're they're just they're terrible teams. Yeah. They they don't they don't stop the run either, and yeah. there's. There's nothing on offense where you're like, man, I gotta, I gotta keep up with them. So, yeah. The, looking down the stretch, man, you're right. The schedule, like they can make it, they can make a playoff push, and I yeah. could see five and one very, very easily, five and one uh, to yeah. finish the season. I think it's um, I don't think it'll happen, but you know, the Dallas Cowboys are starting to look like uh, they've lost two, two of three at the moment, seven to three. Mm-hmm. They gotta play, still gotta play the Saints and the Cardinals and. So you never know. Eagles are only two games back in the win column, win column three back of the, the loss column. So that week 18 might be for the division. I doubt it will be. But I just think mm-hmm. I just think we're starting to see what why the Eagles hired Nick Sirianni. Like he's doing he had a he had a rough stretch earlier in the season, but now he's starting to prove to prove to everybody that this is why he was a head coach. And I can't Going to going back to the defense, man. I love Darius Slay. He's such a <laughs> he is such a like oh my god, like he's such a ball hawk, man. We haven't had a ball mm-hmm. hawk since Asante. It's been like almost like mm-hmm. it's been uh, what like ten years since we had a lockdown corner like that. Last year and, and not just a lock not just a lockdown, but he's a playmaker at the cornerback yeah. position and he's a game changer at the cornerback yeah. position that we haven't seen. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's um, it's been a very long time since we have one. He's last year a lot of people got on him because he got he got torched by DK and Devontae. That that all happened. That happens to corners, but this year he's like he's holding these receivers to like one one reception for like nine yards, and he's he's playing really well. And I just think, I think I think he should be in contention for a defensive player of the year. He's had three touchdowns in the last three games, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Three touchdowns in the last three games. No, four games. Four games, four games, yeah. yep. And he's starting to show. Now it's just like we're getting – I think we're getting serviceable play from Steven Nelson. But I just mm-hmm. think the defense – I think after the Chargers game, I think Nick – Nick he sat down with John JG and he's like, hey, man, if you don't – if you don't fix the defense, your ass is out of here. Like I just think <laughs> – because they couldn't even stop. They couldn't uh, – like, yeah. They couldn't start with the game on the line against the Chargers. He couldn't even couldn't even do anything, and that's like 
Honestly, I think the Eagles at least should be what's their record now? Five and six. They should Five be and six. they should be they should have two more wins. They should have, they should be seven and four. Like honestly, mm-hmm. to be honest. Like they should have beat the 49ers and they should have beat the car the Chargers. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah, if both... if they if they win both those games, then you're probably they have a chance to win the division. So it's mm-hmm. like but we have Eagles have a tiebreaker over the the Falcons, Saints, and Panthers, which I think will come in come in handy down the stretch because, like mm-hmm. like I mentioned before, the schedule is really soft until Week 18 against Dallas. Right. So, yeah. I yeah. Mean, um, yeah. Go ahead. They, they, yeah, they they've got a real chance, and um, a big part of that, like you said, is Darius Slay and how well he's playing, especially in both corners. Really, I mean, if you look at um, teams that play us, um, especially just looking at like kind of the fantasy aspect of it, uh, wide receivers don't score against the Eagles, and yeah, uh, or they don't they don't get fantasy points, I should say, and you know that's fantasy, but that that translates to yards and touchdowns and, and catches, and yeah, for whatever yeah. reason, out, out, um, outside wide receivers and really any wide receivers, they just don't they don't have a lot of success against the Eagles, and Darius Slay is a massive reason, and um, Stephen Nelson, you know, he's he's played really well, I thought. Um, especially uh, going back that last game, there was a, a rep Steven Nelson had right at the very beginning where he had a really nice pass breakup. Yeah. Kind of, kind of one-on-one. <clears throat> but um, yeah, speaking of Darius Slay, I mean, just kind of looking at his game logs, um, starting with week one um, and with his matchups, he's, he's matched up against Russell Gage, Debo Samuel, Amari Cooper, Demarcus Robinson, DJ Moore, um, Mike Evans, Henry Ruggs, uh, Mike Williams, Cortland Sutton, and, uh, Looks like he got lined up mostly against Kenny Stills, um, which actually I had no idea Kenny Stills even played <laughs> for the Saints <laughs> still. But, uh, yeah, in all those games, um, like against against uh, Debo, he's one catch for six yards. Against Cooper, four catches, 21 yards. Um, his, one of his bigger games, actually, Demarcus Robinson, was four for 62 against him somehow. Uh, DJ Moore, two for 19. I mean, these are top flight wide receivers. And he got, two pick, he got two picks in that Carolina game. So. Yep, yep, and uh, three, three for thirty-five against Mike Evans. Um, you know, I mean, he's just shutting down some of the top wide receivers. Cortland Sutton, one, one for negative two against Cortland Sutton, and then um, he didn't allow a catch versus Kenny Stills. I believe he allowed a catch, one catch um, last for nine week yards. In, in, yep, yep, total. So yeah, yeah, man, he, he's just he's just locking down the the opposing wide receivers, and it doesn't really matter who he's up against. And it doesn't seem like like last year it seemed like they were following Slay kind of with the number one, but it doesn't seem like they're doing that so much this year. Um, they're just kind of like, all right, man, you're locking up whoever you're, you're lined up against, you know, we're just taking them out of the play. So, yeah, man, it, it's it's so crazy to have a, a corner like that. You know, it gives your, your defense so much more stability. Um, it, it would be nice to get a little bit more from the pass rush, but um, like on defense, I've been, I've been really impressed the last few weeks. And I know it's been a big like talking point, like, man, the defense suck and it sucks, you know, and they're the reason why we're losing these games and, it's kind of funny we haven't really heard anyone talk shit on the defense or even really give them as much praise as, as they were, you know, shit talking on the defense because I know I was one of the ones too. Like I thought the defense played terrible for most of these games, but there's also games where you could see like, you know, they're, they're doing some stuff, you know, they're keeping us in games like against KC. They were, they were holding them in check for quite a while against, you know, certain teams. And I know KC obviously scored 42, but they gave the offense some chances there during that game. And, you know, you're seeing some players like TJ Edwards and, and Avanta Maddox really, really come into their own as, you know, young players that are getting extensions too for, 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 from this front office. Three, the extension of Dallas Goddard, mm-hmm. Avanta Maddox, and then yesterday TJ Edwards. I think we're starting yep. to get, 
I think we're starting to get more, um, more I, I would say, like, solidified uh, linebacker play. It's not that great. We don't have great linebackers. But Davion mm-hmm. Taylor, Singleton, and uh, TJ Edwards are starting to play, like, what the Eagles wanted them to play early in the season, and that's really helpful for the for the back end of the defense and the front end, the pass rush. They're able to get right. stopped. They've been stopping a lot of uh, runners, so that's really that's really good. And then, yeah, it's been a. I think ever since the, I think the Lions game, was like the, I re, I was listening to the broadcast, and I think Mark Schlert and Adam Amin they brought up a good point that like, the Eagles they started this running this like more attacking rushing attack against the against the Raiders, but then Miles Sanders comes out, and then they. They they're in a big deficit, so it kind of didn't show. But against the mm-hmm. against the Lions and then against the Chargers, against the 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 Broncos and now the Saints, it's kind of showed that like if this team is able to consistently run the ball, then it's gonna be hard to stop uh it's gonna be hard to stop the play action pass. And we saw what happened, like you mentioned before, like Jalen mm-hmm. Lawrence was getting like five seconds in the pocket and mm-hmm. he was able to either run out or try to get a small gain to to try to get a first down and eventually get a touchdown. So I think that's very, very crucial to what the Eagles want to do this season and moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I think I tweeted, I, I was like, you know what, just keep Jalen Hurts in 2022 and then mm-hmm. draft, run it back with defense in the, in the first round. Get all defensive guys because your offense is mm-hmm. pretty much set. You have Miles Sanders. Right. You can get Devontae Smith. Now you can have you have the cap space to go in free agency free agency and get a guy like a Chris Godwin or somebody else like that. So you're able well, Yeah, and go ahead, yeah, go sorry. ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say in, in the wide receiver market this year is gonna be massive. I mean you're gonna yeah. have I mean there's there's eight probably wide receivers that are startable that are gonna be yeah. free agents. Yeah, and then um, like, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, you're going to ease the pressure on a guy like Jalen Rager, who's been, let's be honest, mm-hmm. he's been a bust. Like, he hasn't played well at all. Fuck, fucking J.J. Ortega-Whiteside had <laughs> had a reception for 23 yards, and that's most Jalen Rager has had in, like, the past, like, month. So it's kind of yeah. showing, like, I don't think it's the wide, I don't think it's the wide receiver coach. I think, I think Moorhead has done what enough. He's been mm-hmm. able to get the production out of um, like uh, out of Devonte and also Quaz Watkins at some time, so I think it just yeah. comes down to the player. And I don't uh, that pick is looking really bad. That first round pick in twenty twenty is looking terrible. Yeah, it's it sucks because you know it, it's funny to shit on him. You know, fucking he's terrible, man. He's terrible, but it sucks because. We had Justin Jefferson right there, man. And every time I hear, you know, every time I think about how bad Jalen Rager is, the, all I can do is think about how good Justin Jefferson is. Yeah. <laughs> and just and just how badly we miss and how much different this team would be if we had. And maybe we probably don't take Devonta Smith if we have Justin Jefferson, um, but we might still, you know. Yeah. I mean, what if what if we had – because if we do take Justin Jefferson last year, I don't think he has the year he has, um, you know, like oh, yeah. in Minnesota because – I mean, Kirk Cousins is a not a great quarterback, but he can get him the ball. I mean, he's got he's a good arm, and he, yeah, he's accurate. Yeah, and um, he especially in those deep balls. But I mean, I, especially like with how Wentz was playing last year. I mean, even if even if I mean, I'm sorry, even if um, 
oh my gosh, I'm blanking his name. Um, Jefferson, even if Jefferson um, had like half of a good as years he did last year, if you know that gives them an opportunity to hey, maybe we still need a wide receiver, <laughs> and they go yeah. ahead and they take uh, Devonta Smith at six, and now you got Smith and, Je- and Jefferson on the same team. So yeah. it sucks because I, I I agree with you. I don't think it's I don't think it's the wide receivers coach just because yeah. I mean you see like like you said like the the ascension of Quez Watkins. I know he's had you know he's been quiet the last few games, but he also hasn't been a part of the game plan whatsoever. And Jalen Rager is still getting like touches designed to him. Like you saw the tunnel screen. I mean, that's at least one touch designed to Jalen Rager that um, that Quez Watkins isn't getting, and he does nothing with it, man. Every single time he gets these, you know, gets these opportunities, it may not be the best rep for him. You know, it may not get the best blocking or whatever. But for whatever reason, it just doesn't work with Jalen Rager. Whenever Hurts throws his way, there's either Hurts misses him or Rager's in the wrong spot. It's just like there's no rapport between Hurts and Rager because like when you see Hurts throw to Devonta Smith and, and Dallas Goddard there's like a rapport there you know Hurts expects them to be in a spot and they're usually there where yeah. it seems like when he's thrown to Rager I mean Rager's you know in a different spot it, it's just like the placement's off it's just weird so yeah um at this point I think this team might be better like with 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 Rager off of it man like it, it, I mean what are we getting from him other than I mean, even as a punt returner, I mean, he's not a good punt returner. I mean, all he is is fast. He's fast, and that's about it. He's, he doesn't seem like he's, you know, he's not super elusive. He's not a playmaker. He doesn't make people miss. It's just like he, the only thing we're getting from him is speed, and there's there's no use for that whenever you can't do anything with the speed. So, yeah, it's frustrating to watch someone like Jalen Rager who – whenever we drafted him, it was super exciting because he's like, wow, you know, this is a guy who's, you know, he's not just a, you know, Justin Jefferson, you know, a one dimensional type player. Like we, maybe some people thought Justin Jefferson was, you know, he's a guy you can play all over the field. You know, you can, you can do all sorts of stuff with him, but to me, he's just, he's just not a good player. And sometimes, you know, you have misses like that, especially with Howie Roseman. <laughs> um, looking at the, the wide receivers coming in as free agents, like you've got a lot of really good ones. Um, at the top of the list, Chris Godwin, obviously you mentioned, and Devonte Adams, will they'll be the, the two top ones. Cortland Sutton, I was really hoping he would hit the open market. He just signed um, yesterday, I think, four years, um, 80 million, I want to say, or 40 or 60 million, I, I believe is what it was, um, yeah. with, with the Broncos. So he's officially off the of open market. Um, it's a little disappointing. Tim Patrick was another guy who was like, gonna, I thought would fly under the radar a little bit, but He's having an even bigger year this year, so he signed with Broncos as well. So um, outside of those top two names, Allen Robinson, you know, he's a bit of a reclamation project, even though he's only 28 years old, which is a weird yeah. thing. Like whenever I see Allen Robinson, it's like, man, this guy's like 33. He's past his prime. He's only 28 years old. So yeah. it just feels like it feels like he's older than he is. But he's a guy I think you get on the cheap as a one year prove it, almost like an Alshon Jeffrey type thing. Um you know, very similar situation. So he, I'd be interested in him. Will Fuller, he's a guy, you know, can't get, can't get healthy. Um, but he's got a lot of talent when he's yeah. healthy. But not someone I would be interested in. T.Y. Hilton, uh, Juju, Emmanuel Sanders, A.J. Green. Um, kind of at the bottom of the list there. And then uh, Mike I'd Williams, he's a guy. Yeah. I'd, be, yeah, he, I'd be super interested in him. He's super young. Um, he's probably going to command anywhere, from, you know, 12 to 15 million a year, though. So um, Antonio Brown. Another interesting name, like he's another older guy, but I mean, he's, he's playing out of his mind. Um, who knows what the off the field stuff is going to be with him. Cause I think he had a little trouble recently, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of options. Um, and that's just like kind of the top thing guys, you still got lowering guys like 
you know, you got Zay Jones and Rashad Higgins and Cedric Wilson, Byron Pringle, some of the lower end guys that, you know, aren't great, but they could, they could produce for your team. OBJ, he's, he's a, he's a free agent after this year. So why is team is, is really I, robust? I would, I want like, I want OBJ so badly, man. Like it's, I mean, he's really talented that, like, still. He would be the number one wide receiver. Devontae would be number two. So you're not putting mm-hmm. all the plate on Devontae. But I don't think mm-hmm. – would OBJ come here with – would he want Jalen Hurts as his quarterback? Or would he want – would he come here if, like, Aaron, let's say Aaron Rodgers becomes available and the Eagles trade for him? Right. Or I think if we trade for – I think if we trade – I think if we trade for Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams is just going to come with Aaron Rodgers. That's how it's going to Yeah, work. that – that's what I think too. I think I think Adams pretty much is just gonna follow Rogers wherever he goes. Um, yeah. I've kind of I don't know why. I've, I just kind of seems like that's gonna be the case, as long as the money permits. You know, I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll keep in con- you know contact with each other and be like, hey, you know, are you wanting to go here? Let's go here. You know, but you know those two are one of the best combinations, wide receiver, quarterback combinations, almost ever. I mean, statistically they've got you know they're crazy good together. But um, yeah um. I think that uh, the Eagles' future right now, it's looking bright. And you you mentioned about next year going into 2022, and I tweeted about it as well. Um, and I, I, I'm i with you. Like, I know me and you have gone back and forth on this Jalen Hurts thing. Like, we don't know what he is. We don't know what to expect. And, you know, midseason, me and you were, were both way off of him. But, yeah. I mean, it's a week-to-week year. I mean, a week-to-week league. And the last three weeks, he's looked – well, four weeks, really, last four weeks, him and the team in general have looked really well. Um, he's made some really crazy strides as far as like just as a passer, like making the placement, making, you know, the right reads, not making stupid plays, not panicking the pocket. Like it's crazy how much better he's gotten in the last four weeks just in, in that in those like specific aspects. And I don't know if maybe it's the competition, if it's, you know, because the running game's alive, if he's getting protection, whatever the reason, he's yeah. playing a lot better than what he did. And especially with where the picks are right now, I think the highest pick um, is the Dolphins at eight. Um, and then the rest of them are kind of mid picks and it's looking like the Colts are probably going to make a playoff push. Um, Eagles, same, same thing. So those two picks are probably not going to be super high. The dolphins even, you know, they're, they're playing better. And I think that we talked about this, something that we kind of expected. I didn't, we didn't expect, you know, these picks to all be top 10 picks. I thought maybe one of them would be in the dolphins. Like I, I could see like a, a top eight, top 12 pick from the dolphins. And then the other one's probably in the teens or, you know, in the, you know, 13 to 14, 15, or even, even higher. So uh, because you've got those picks that aren't going to be as high as what you thought, that's also going to make it a little bit more difficult to get a quarterback. Um, and like we said, you know, last year, this quarterback class is pretty weak. Um, you know, you've got Matt Corral and that's about it as far as like, you know, top end quarterbacks Malik Willis, most people have kind of, since, since his, uh, since he fell apart in that, that old Miss game, most people have kind of, I don't know. I haven't heard a lot about him. There's the hype train has really, really stopped with him. And you got the guy from USC, Slovis, I think. And you got, you know, just Carson Strong, who's a project. And I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I look at Jalen Hurts and I see he's got an elite trait. He's got an elite trait in his inability to run yeah. and like his ability to create with his legs in a way that few quarterbacks can. And that's an elite trait that he has already. And I just don't know if you, if you just, throw away an elite trait just because you think that, well, this guy from college, he may have more than the, you know, more elite traits. He may, you know, because you don't know if he'll even have any of those at the NFL level. We know that, that Jalen Hurts has an ability to, to move and to make, make moves with his legs that, you know, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, a few, only a few quarterbacks can. And 
that he showed that in that game, not game ceiling touchdown where he, you know, he broke the ankles and made a crazy cut and run, takes it off in the end zone. And, you know, maybe that's not like, maybe some people want their quarterback to have the elite trait of like the Patrick Mahomes and, you know, the Josh Allen to have that cannon arm where, you know, it's a golden arm and you can get away with so much as a passer, but you know, not every quarterback's going to have that. And there's only a few Patrick Mahomes. There's only a few Josh Allen. There's only a few Aaron Rodgers. There's only a few guys with those arms, but Right now, we've got a guy who we've seen that you can you can be a very successful quarterback without using just your arm. Lamar Jackson, as a rookie, um, I know he only played like a few games, but he had a lot of success just with his legs. As an MVP, I mean, he, people still called him a running back, and he th- led the league in touchdown passes, mostly because not because he's got such a good arm, not because he's such a good you know throw of the football, because he's so hard to defend. And that's the thing with Jalen Hurts. I think he's he's really hard to defend because of that athleticism, because of that escapability, that that ability to to uh, improvise when, when plays break down or even just even when the play's still alive, just to, to make plays that only a few guys can make. And, yeah, there's going to be those head-scratching throws. There's going to be certain plays he makes because his arm, he's just physically not going to have the arm that certain people have. But I felt the same way about Adak Prescott. You know, I, I felt like he'll never have the arm. He'll never have the arm talent, you know, it's like, like a Carson Wentz does because – you know, you watch the first couple of years of Dak, and he would—I mean, his placement was awful. He would—he would overthrow guys. He would—he would miss guys left and right. And then he's kind of developed into what he is now. And you know, if you've got a chance to go to build around a Jalen Hurts to get you know three, three first-round picks, you know, two on defense, maybe an offensive lineman or whatever, and then you still got second-round pick. You go get another running back. You go get another wide receiver. Whatever, man. You have so many options, and you don't have to worry about the quarterback position. Then. You know, that's that's an option that I think that you, you kind of need to pursue unless, you know, Jalen Hurts goes back to what we saw over the first, you know, six weeks of the season, which I don't think he will because, you know, just how, how much easier the schedule is. Yeah. Um, before we wrap it up, let's just talk. Let's quickly talk about the Giants game. Um, mm-hmm. Sunday, um, it's a, t- a 1, 1 p.m. Eastern game. And, you know, the Giants, are, they'll be looking for rev- rev- revenge after the Eagles kind of – Stop them of getting into the playoffs. The Giants looked terrible yesterday. Danny Daniel Do, Daniel Jones was looked awful. They ended up finding Jason Garrett, but I don't think um that's gonna make a much of a difference. I I have the Eagles winning by ten points. I just don't see how the Giants are on a short week and finding their offensive coordinator are gonna beat the Eagles. It's mm-hmm. a rivalry game, so anything can happen. I just don't see the Eagles losing that losing that game, and they'll be six and six on a three game win streak. Yeah, um, I mean it's the Giants, man. They've been looking for a revenge game since uh, since the early 2000s. So, <laughs> uh, I mean we're 20 and six against them since 2008. Um, we've just dominated them as a team um, since like Saquon Barkley's been on the team. We're they're 0 and 4. Barkley has not had a win against us. So, yeah. uh, it's just just straight domination against the Giants. They're kind of just like our little brother. It seems like the last few years and. There's nothing that scares you about the New York Giants. And I, didn't, I actually had no idea Jason Garrett got fired. I was getting ready to bring it up when it, right before you did because uh, I, I was kind of Googling here, and I just saw that he got fired um, like an hour ago that the that it broke. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, I don't think it's going to mean a lot. Jason Garrett's not like a – obviously not a great OC or anything. But, um, yeah, um, I think the Eagles get back to 500. You're playing at the Meadowlands, but, I mean, you, the Eagles have had no problems winning there. You know, it's, it's uh, not a far ride. And, you know, the Giants are they're, – they're a weird team because they've got, like, these playmakers on offense. They've got Barkley. They've got Evan Ingram. They've got Kenny Galladay. They've got Kadarius Toney. Like, 
that seems like on paper that should be like a, a pretty tough team to beat. But whenever you got Daniel Jones at quarterback and, and Joe Judge as your coach, I guess it doesn't really equate to anything good. So, um, yeah, I think it's a pretty easy win, double digit win. Um, I would see, I could see something like uh, twenty eight to fourteen, actually, something like that. Maybe twenty eight seventeen. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I think it's just going to be another dominant game on the ground. Um, and it's something that is lost in this final six stretch, stretch of games is the fact that Eagles don't have to get on a plane um, the rest of the season. So um, I, I believe they probably will just – I don't think they fly to, to, to D.C. from Philly. Yeah, I mean, that would be a pretty – Sometimes take the train. Yeah, I was going to say, because that would be a pretty silly flight. So, yeah, I mean, you got the Giants, Jets, back-to-back, same stadium. Um, and then you've got – um, Washington Giants, Washington. So, and then you finish with the Cowboys at home. So, yeah, I mean, all those are home games, or they're within you know a couple hours of Philly. So, I, I mean, that's huge, man, to not be able to to not have to travel and to to be able to pretty much stay at home for the last six weeks of the season. I mean, you know, it's 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 an advantage for sure. So, um, they, they're going to need some help to get into the playoffs if they are going to sneak in. You know, that right now I think they are right on the outside looking in. Um, yeah, they're, I think they're number nine. <clears throat> yeah. Or number number eight. No, they're seventeen right. playoffs for now. But right, but aren't they eighth? Um, or are they behind someone? They're behind the Niners. The Niners are five and nine. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. So. Yep, you're right. Okay, so yeah, so um, yeah. I mean, like I said, they obviously are going to need some guys, some some teams to lose. It sucks they didn't get the tiebreaker over the Niners, but they do have the tie tiebreaker over like the Panthers, um, who just lost, and then they'll have the pan- uh, tiebreaker over the Saints. Yeah. Um, so they, I mean, they've got some good tie breaks there if teams, you know, do end up finishing with the same record as them. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's looking good for us for this season, and honestly, it's looking good for 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 the future. And I, I feel I feel a lot better than I did um, the first six weeks, the last like four or five weeks. I feel I feel way better about this team. All right. Well, we'll leave it there. Come back to you guys next week, hopefully after the Eagles win. Fly goes fly. Fall Aaron at Aaron Palacios five, and follow me at Big Niche. 20 on Twitter. Peace.